0: You are joining us today to continue what we do and what we do best on Sundays here on this part of the world. A big thank you, everyone, for letting us come into your home on Sundays. Today, we are going to be furthering our conversation. uh, But before we go there, I would like to tell you that whatever platform you chose to join us from today, we appreciate you. And so for those who might not be able to be you know participate over the video we have made available clubhouse and uh, um, telegram so if you like to choose to go with the audio you can be free to do so but if you are with us over the youtube very fine as well like uh, facebook so thank you for joining us all around the globe so today we are continue what we're going to be doing here with our topic living a godly life in an ungodly <laughs> word. Very important topic to talk about in these days and age. But when you hear this, what comes to your mind though, because the book of Psalms chapter 1 verse 6 says, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so today we're looking at living a godly life in an ungodly word. I'm your host today, and... I am Solomon Oluwabiye. Our guest today is no more a stranger to us. Uh, He's a man of God who uh, partner with us, even as we do this. And so he has come back today to give us another nugget. So I will suggest to you that you take your pen and your tablet, notebook, notepad, whatever you call it, and start writing stuff down because it's gonna be downloading to us today some nuggets of wisdom so that we may glean understanding. And so, be patient with us today, even as we move ahead today because it's gonna be explosive. And I use the word explosive because it's been here before. Part of what he gave us last time, uh, we did digest on it. Uh, we're still hoping if we can catch up one of these days to go back and more digest from it but uh, we still couldn't get to that but we're having him again today so many we have more than enough to actually chew on because we are keeping and holding onto treasures but we don't want to be the custodian of that only but we want you to be a partaker of it so i bring to you today reverend harry gregory sir thank you so much for joining us today All right, very good. So (laughs) we are looking at living a godly life in an ungodly world. It is important that we live a godly life in an ungodly world. How do we do it? How do we go about it? We're going to be hearing that today. And so, sir, my first question to you then is, what is the meaning or context of the word? Bless. Over to you, sir.
1: I bring to you the word of God. Someone will receive a divine revelation from God today. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your people. Remove anything from me that is not right right now so that you may be glorified. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You know, the Holy Spirit gave me six verses to discuss with you in providing uh, the understanding of of, uh, choosing of the two ways you can live in this earthly realm, godly or ungodly. This psalm sets the agenda for the Psalter through its identification of the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked, as well as their respective fates. Today, we will take a look in the Bible in the Book of Songs. Today's message will come from the Book of Songs. The Book of Songs is the largest and perhaps the most widely used book in the Bible. It explores the full range of the human experience in a very personal and practical way, from creation through the post-exilic periods. The central theme of the Book of Psalms is worship. God is worthy of all praise because of who he is, what he has done, and what he will do. Many of the Psalms survey the word of God and the attributes of God, especially during difficult times. This book is a source of encouragement and joy and it also provides an encouragement and motivation for worship and prayer. Today, we as Christians, you and I live in a mixed up world that fundamentally embraces a different worldview from our own. Now, I know that is a statement of the obvious, but I believe we often struggle as followers of Jesus Christ to figure out how to live in such a world. So this, this world, it is a fallen and broken, driven by values and views that run counter to our faith and to the truth of scripture. And we wonder how best to relate. So we have to, we may question ourselves. Should we isolate ourselves from such a world trying to keep ourselves selves uh, unstained? Should we be intimidated by what our secular counterparts believe because we feel out of step? Should we identify more closely with the values of our world in order to win more people to Christ? Or is there another better option? I believe there is. Psalms 1 tells us the options we have as Christians to live godly in an ungodly world. The book of Psalms is is subdivided into five parts. Psalms 1 is found in the first part, which includes Psalms 1 through 41. It has been counted as the beginning of part 1 in some translations, and some count it as prologue. In others, Psalms one is combined with Psalms two. Please open your Bibles to Psalms chapter one, verses one through six. So let's look into and window into the soul of the Psalmist David. Psalms one verse one, blessed is the man who walks in not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The way of the righteous. What, what the righteous man does not do here. So here in verse one, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. At this time, um, we'll give the uh, host, um, let him give us a question here. All right, so thank you so much, sir. Very important right
0: there. <laughs> the book of Sam, a very powerful book uh, in the Bible. And uh, I think I was talking to my friend the other day and I said that you see some people's uh, Bible probably the most read part of their Bible maybe I could be wrong uh, it's likely to be the book of Psalms that is to say the book of Psalms it's a very powerful book now no other books in the Bible that you will say is not powerful. of course all I mean after all the Bible says all scriptures are read things you know for our purposes so they are good for us because it teaches us uh the judgment of god that teaches us the wisdom of god it teaches us how to praise god. and so the book of Sam, indeed is a book uh, of praise so but very so much thank you sir we are driven by value contrary to our faith what an important Point right there. Well, that begs my next question that says, What are the characteristics of godly man if we are living in a uh, godly world? We'll Over go to you.
1: Okay. Um, speaking um, on this, um, I would like to um, first address what is the meaning of, of the word blessed. And uh, the adjective here is um, basically, blessed means to. Um, be made holy and consecrated. No, blessed is the man or the woman. Um, Blessed translates to the Hebrew word esher, which has the idea of happiness and contentment. Esher comes from the Hebrew word Asher, which has its roots means to be straight or to be right. I say to be upright, just, on the square, straightforward. Blessed is the man or woman who speaks of the happiness, the blessedness, the contentment in the life of the man or woman who is right or straight with God. The righteous man or woman will be blessed. A happy man and woman will definitely be blessed. Commentators say that blessed means supremely happy or fulfilled. In fact, in Hebrew, the word is actually plural, which denotes either the multiplicity or blessing or in the intensification of them. The scripture didn't say, blessed is the king, blessed is the scholar, blessed is the rich, but blessed is the man or woman. This blessedness is as attainable by the poor the forgotten, and the obscure, as by those whose names figure in history and are trumpeted by fame. So therefore, we must take a position of righteousness. Righteousness is given and not earned. Righteousness is given to you by God's grace and not earned through your right actions. Righteousness is a position given to you and not a result of an action done by you. Righteousness means you are right with God because of your faith in Jesus' death on the cross. You have been saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2 and 8. It has nothing to do with your right action. You are right with God because in God's eyes, Jesus was your rightful payment for the sin, debt you owe God. Jesus paid a debt he never owed because you owed a debt debt which you could never pay. Jesus paid your salvation and you got the benefits. Righteousness is not lost in our minds and do, do not through the actions, our actions. Similarly, your heavenly Father sent Jesus to pay your sinsful debt. You are therefore made right with God, and your sin can't remove your rightful position before God because it has nothing to do with how good you are or but how good Jesus sacrifice for you is. Again, righteousness is lost in our minds and not through our actions. When we can't believe in our minds that Jesus' death on the cross is effective for our righteousness, we deprive ourselves of the joy of salvation and give the devil the chance to condemn us. So we must confess our sins and move on. So this is the conclusion. When we sin, we remain righteous. However, it's natural to feel that we have hurt God. And that tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, says, what we then do is to approach God's throne of grace and agree with him and confess that we did what we did was wrong and trust in Christ to forgive us as he has promised us in his word. We move on with our lives after our confession and not allow the devil to flood us with the condemnation of guilt. The battle for righteousness is fought in the mind. When you believe that you are righteous, that no sin can take that rightful position from you, you have won and the devil has lost. Don't partner with the devil. Some Christians partner with the devil because accepting his condemnation and doubting their salvation. If you choose to partner with someone, I will urge you to partner with the Holy Spirit instead. He, the Holy Spirit, is here to convince you of your righteousness. It tells us this in John 16 and 8. And not like the devil who is here to condemn you for your sinfulness. Don't be sin conscious. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, Be righteous, conscious, as you are righteous of God in Christ Jesus. A blessed man or woman walks not, nor stands, nor sits, The blessed man or woman of God does not do certain things. There is a way he he or she will not walk a path he or she will not stand in and a seat that he or she will not sit in. What does it mean to stand in the way of sinners? The phrase stands in the path of sinners means doing what sinners do or standing where sinners stand. Yet, in the minds of many of us today, it carries the idea of being a hindrance to blocking the way to or being a stumbling block on the way to heaven. We can say these phrases speak thinking, behaving, and belonging. The righteous man and woman and the the ungodly man and woman are different in how they think how they behave, and whom they belong. Well, what's the difference between the two? The Word says you can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. Let's elaborate. Righteous, godly men...